Welcome to Launchpad, where today we're talking to Greg Burhop, who's Nailed a it. game board inventor. And Nailed we're going to talk about getting high as shit, hustling for dollar bills, rafting, and last but not least, streaking. Hey Josh. Yeah, great. So the premise of this show, um, welcome to Launchpad. Glad the to be here. The premise of the show is to talk about uh, the entrepreneurial journey from from the point of conception to the point of it exploding in your face to the point of having a billion dollars and living on a yacht out in the, the tropics. So you're not there yet. I'm not there yet. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's dig in. So this, I've actually... I haven't been ex- well. I should say I shouldn't say it like that. I haven't. I have been excited about everything we've done, but this particular interview, I am very excited about. The story of how I met Greg is really quite an intriguing one. So I'm in Chicago for a uh, for a beer fest. We've been invited up by Red Frog Events to check out their beer fest. They do um, just tons of beer festivals, and they were interested in using our equipment. They gave us a. Uh, VIP tickets to the event, and we proceeded to get hammered. Um, just absolutely schnockered. I was trying to use my whole ticket book. Got 50 tickets, 50 20 ounce servings. You can do the math. And I think we had four ounce cups, so I was double dipping on that. We go to leave this event, and we call Uber, as everybody should when they're that drunk. And our Uber driver shows up, and he has us on, in the ride already uh, before he's picked us up. And uh, Dana, one of my friends who I'm with, is just livid because she's buying this Uber ride. And he, that was my fault. <laughs> Greg, the Uber driver, pulls up to pick us up and just <laughs> proceeds to start to get an ass chewing from Dana. And he's like, whoa, 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 I'm sorry. I thought you guys were on the other side. I'll restart the ride right now. And then, you know, we all started to gel. I, uh, I hop in the back of his Uber and I'm, there's this flyer on the back of the seat. And I'm like, is... What is this? Uh, what is this? And he starts to give his pitch, and I'm like, "So, do you sell these out of the back of your Uber?" And he's like, "I absolutely do." And I said, "Is this the reason you drive an Uber?" And he said, "It absolutely is." So we're talking about it, and we start dorking out, uh, dorking out on uh, just startups in general and all kinds of stuff. And you know, Dana's bragging on bottoms up, and. Uh, we really start to jive, and of course, I'm drunk enough that buying... I mean, he could have been selling uh, tinfoil wrap cat shit, and I probably would have bought some at the time, but it turned out to be a pretty cool game, yeah. and uh, I'm like, yeah, I have to have one. Of, of course, I have to have one, so I buy one, and uh, we're looking for the next place. We're like, take us to a cool bar, and he's like, well, I could take you to a cool bar, or I could take you back to, to my place, uh, wink, wink, and I could teach you how to play this game. I'm like, well, does your, does, your, does your place have beer and possibly marijuana? And he said, in fact, it has both. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, done. Um, we're going to go ahead and go to your place because that sounds like more fun. So we set up, uh, we set up this game in his living room. We're playing it, drinking a beer, and he's rolling a joint. And uh, then we go outside and we, we smoke this joint. Now, I, I have to go on record here and say I hate joints. I can't stand them. They're the worst thing ever. I'm a super lightweight when it comes to <laughs> the reefer. And um, the thing about a joint is that you feel obligated to take another hit of it as it's being passed around the circle until the whole thing is gone because it would be rude not to. And then you end up really, really stoned. So 
what happened was is I ended up probably the stonest I've ever been in my entire life. And we're in Chicago. I don't know Chicago very well. I'm with two of my best friends. And it's time. Greg's got to go back on his Uber route and start pedaling these games. I did stop the meter at that point. Yeah, he did stop. The meter had been stopped at that point. Thanks. It's not an airplane situation where it just keeps running. You know? No, absolutely not. So he was nice enough to do that. And he was also nice enough to um, dump us out at a bar, which I don't remember the name of. I don't remember going in it. I was so fucking high that I couldn't even eat. That's really stoned, friends. Oh That's gosh. really stoned. So I couldn't even eat my food. My friends Dana and Warren are eating. I'm hanging out there trying to keep it together. I got lost. I went to the bathroom. I got lost. I ended up in, up in this banquet room. Nice. With oh, people, yeah. with a, people staring at me. Like, what are you doing here? Like, just trying to get my, my wits about me so I could get back to the bar. Um, so it, it all worked out great. That night ended with me, Dana, and Warren um, uh, cuddling street food. Uh, we, we found a street food vendor, bought just more street food than... <laughs> 10 people could eat and you probably were starving at that point yeah i was at that point i started to come down a little bit and i was doing okay and uh ended up you know i woke up just covered in food wrappers on the couch at the airbnb we were staying at but so that's the story of how we met greg and uh i just immediately fell in love with the oh how he came to how he came to be staying at my place that's Um, right yeah i i i uh i actually made the games um uh by hand for quite a while and uh i started kind of trying to outsource some of the pieces so that I didn't have to make them. And Josh was insistent on having one of my handmade games. He was like, look, I want the handmade. I don't really well, care. Well, yeah, they're beautiful. I, I don't really care about the ones that have any components that you didn't make. I want the one that you made. And I was like, well, we should probably talk because, you know, by that time I had figured out uh, they had, you know, were from hailing from Indianapolis. And my plan was to be in Indianapolis uh, this very weekend for Gen Con, a board game convention a big board game convention. And I said, tell you what, why don't I just give you one of those nice original, you know, handmade boards if you happen to have a place for me to stay in Indianapolis? And all three of them were like, you got it. <laughs> Carl, you can stay at our place. You can stay at my place. Yeah, we you don't got, know if you're a yeah, serial killer They don't know me. But yeah, but, but we've already, you, you know, figured me. out that yeah. Yeah, we're, we're probably kind folks yeah. and there's not going to be a problem. And it wasn't even a question, and so I, you know, we traded boards. We he got a real nice, uh, real nice set. That's a gorgeous set. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely beautiful. So we traded that for a place to stay. So That's right. he is. Uh, so we're we're bullshitting when he arrives, and I, I mean, I am just jazzed up listening to listening to you talk about all the stuff you're going through. It reminded me of my first probably two years of of founding Grown On Industries, and yeah. the the um, I gotta say that your spirit and your uh your attitude towards what you're doing is 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 gonna make you succeed and if you don't i will drink to that i'll drink to that i hope and if you don't succeed at this you're gonna succeed at something because with that drive that you have it's it's impossible to not so why don't you tell us a little bit about the game what is the game that you invented you're a game inventor i am it was an aha moment uh the game that was originally invented knock down bones was played with dominoes we were messing around sitting around a coffee table down in south carolina and uh, the game of dominoes digressed into possibly drinking and possibly smoking some more marijuana. Possibly. And we <laughs> built a big tower out of dominoes. Now, this big tower of dominoes stayed standing for quite a while until the dogs came in. And the dogs knocked half of it over. 
with their tails, exuberant dogs we had. And <laughs> we kind of felt like that tower, you know, was a castle. We had built it together. And so we all started destroying it together. We threw whatever we had to destroy the rest of the castle until my friend Sam, who was sitting across from me, said, hey, it's over. We do not need to continue to try and knock this down because it's knocked down. And I was like, well, wait a second. Look at this domino and look at this domino. There's differences here. This one's not even touching the table. You this were one's clearly still stand. Yes, clearly. <laughs> this one's still standing on its edge. We should probably knock those down. We still tried to knock them down. And I was like, you know what? We got to figure this out, Sam. Just take some dominoes, build something. I'll take some dominoes. I'll build something. And then we'll knock each other down and see who can knock each other down first. And the rules flowed like the river. It was amazing. We had so much fun doing it, coming up with creative weapons, creative ways of knocking each other down. I, I mean... And your website's name is Knockdown Barns. And, and, and yeah, and now it's, now it's Knockdown Barns because I knew that Go the game had Go there and check it out. Legs. There's got videos of it being yeah, played. It's really... I do. Really, I, really I, even some fantastic. of the original ones. Yeah, even some of the original Knockdown Bones videos are linked up there to my YouTube channel. And I needed to make it, you know, making it, of course, was the next step. And so I decided to actually go and get Barnwood. Me and my buddies, we went out and we took a couple of barns down outside of Asheville, That's North Carolina. That's how you do it. You your friends into doing work. That's right. And yeah. they were big time into it. They had Barnwood uh, needs as well. They, they were ready for Barnwood for furniture maker. One of the guys just sells it. He's just as a commodity, which it is. Mm-hmm. It's a hot commodity right now, too. So I started making games out of Barnwood in my friend Brian Wilcox's basement. We made six of them. We made six games, pardon me. (laughs) And I drove from uh, the south up to Illinois with them uh, and just decided that it needed to be what I did. And When did you sell your first game? When did you know that you had something that was saleable? You probably knew that immediately. Letitia Riddle. (laughs) Shout out to Letitia. She bought my first game. She was willing to pony up. She's got one of the originals. Um, but the uh, ones that I first made, I was actually giving away to the people that were there, uh-huh. that uh, were in the room when I invented it. I wanted them to have games, so I gave one to Camille, Sam, Jess. You know, I was hook- I was hooking them up first. I wanted make to make sure that they had those those games. And the other ones, you know, my fam, uh, my family still has some of those. That's awesome. Yeah. So you uh, you got. So you started with this. You had those six games. Yeah. And, and you ran out of six games. Did you I did. go directly to a Kickstarter? So I've no, never done a Kickstarter. I've I never didn't, been part of no, a crowdfunding. No, I still, I still had, a, I still had a little bit of energy uh, for it, and you know the and a ton of this wood that I had gotten from these barns. So my friend Hobbit Hawes, one of my, just he's one of the best people on the planet. Uh-huh. I'm just not gonna make any bones about it. This guy's just wonderful. He lives in Asheville, and he takes it on. He takes it on as a project with me, and we make them together while I'm still down south. But I leave all my equipment, all of my wood with him, and he starts being the manufacturer of Knockdown Barns, and we make together because I helped him with the process uh, about 55 more games mm-hmm. after those initial six. And it was just so expensive that neither of us were making money. He was spending way too much time doing it, and I wasn't, you know, earning anything off of the effort whatsoever. So I knew that I had to start doing it myself, and I ended up having to travel down to Asheville. I gathered all the tools, all the supplies, and I brought them up to Chicago, basically to where I lived. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I moved to Chicago. I knew I had to be there. I looked into Kickstarter. I said I could use some money, you know. I could use an investment, and Kickstarter was something that was. So now you're not a, you're not a Chicago native. I am. I grew up in Evanston, okay, just uh, north of Chicago. But I uh, traversed from Arizona, where I went to school, to Georgia, South Carolina, where I was working as a raft guide for six years. 
So I've kind of, I've, I've been everywhere, man. Raft guide for six yeah. years. That's pretty incredible. Rafting is pretty incredible. I could talk about not that. To, not to shift days. gears. You got a good rafting story? That's awesome. Do I ever. Holy cow. So yesterday on the river, right? I had this crew you wouldn't believe. So that's how I would start some of the stories that uh-huh. I would tell. And you can basically say whatever you want to these folks <laughs> that are sitting in front of you, you know? If you feel like you got a group yeah, you got that a isn't. candid audience. Yeah, you do. You have a candid audience. And you really are a teacher when you're a raft guide, you're teaching usually people who have never done it before how to get down a river safely. And it's just such an incredibly rewarding feeling when you do it and when you have people that maybe would never have gotten to do this uh, on their own, you know, they got out of your boat happy. Mm-hmm. And so it was great work, outdoor work, exercise, you know, I felt good. I was very healthy doing it. And to be honest, I'd probably do, be doing it right now if I could. So that's what you wanted to be when you grew up? I love it. I absolutely yeah. adore it. It's uh, very hard work, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's very physically demanding. But uh, yeah, a day on the river, it's kind of hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say It's so. kind of hard to beat. And my friends down there are still my friends now. Like, I have so many good buddies from that time because you bond. I mean, you're throwing each other ropes to keep each other out of dangerous situations. You trust each other down there. And I've got, you know, half a dozen stories where I felt as though my butt was saved by a raft guide that I trusted or I saved one. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, days that I would just love to be back in, you know, days I probably wouldn't. Uh, The river I worked, the Chattooga River and the company I worked for, Southeastern Expeditions and also Wildwater Limited after a uh, after a dog (laughs) incident got me kicked out of Southeastern. (laughs) I got a puppy and they wouldn't let me live there. Oh, How rough is that? A dog, good, a dog incident. But hey, my dog invented knockdown barns for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say that it was probably a decent trade-off. Anyway, yeah, rafting's pretty spectacular. Uh, and that's where I was. That was the situation I was in. It was very creative. It was a creative time. Yeah, really it is. It's kind of like summer <laughs> camp for adults. It is. It really is. And okay. then that's that's where I was at when, when the game was conceived. And then you did all the six-game stuff, the 50-game stuff, and back to the Kickstarter. Back to the Kickstarter. So Kickstarter's interesting, you know. Kickstarter raised, I was only looking for 5,000, thought I was going to, you know, make about 150 boards, didn't didn't want to overshoot, and I ended up getting 15,000, so I got three times the amount I was asking for and 277 total orders. They're not orders with Kickstarter, of course. It's right. a reward. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's ready, send it out. And I promised that those rewards within eight months of the ending of my Kickstarter. And not very much. I ended up getting about thirteen nine. I got about, you know, close to $14,000. I bought all kinds of stuff that I knew I needed. I bought a thousand boards. I bought uh, enough of the weapons for the game, uh, which I should probably describe how to play the game at this point. Uh, (laughs) So each player has to build a small tower out of little blocks of wood in secret behind a divider. The divider's then removed, and you have to destroy each other's tower by flicking little foam weapons that kind of look like marshmallows. It's, it's pretty outstanding. And you destroy each other. I mean, you build and you destroy. And it's kind of what we do. It's yeah. kind of what we do. And uh, I am really excited, you know. I've got all this money, and I end up, you know, trying to make a run of 1,000 games with it. And I ran out of money. I ran out of money. I did not charge enough for shipping. I was in a hole. I got injured two times trying to do this, trying to move all this material and wood. I ended up hurting myself, and I wasn't planning on paying someone to do it. I was planning on doing it. Uh So when you hurt your paw, and it was my hand, two times I hurt my hand, it's very difficult to do safe woodworking when your hand is injured. Well, you're not a woodworker, correct? Uh, Not really. Yeah, no no, no background. 
Know, High school I, woodshop, maybe. The I did of it. do. I did do some actually. Um, shout out to Mr. Coolman back at Haven <laughs> Middle School, actually. So not even high school. I did do some wood shopping, and it was one of the more rewarding classes because you made stuff and you sold it. Oh, wood shop was the best. You sold. You yeah. had a part. Like, we're having a pizza party in the wood shop. We sold a bunch of bandsaw boxes or whatever it is you made, you uh-huh. know. And I definitely we called it the sweatshop for, sweat for that shop. reason. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you were a, if you were a burnout and. Uh, <laughs> Thankfully, I wasn't in that necessarily that category in high school. But if you uh, you couldn't do anything, the shop teacher would assign projects to you. And I'm pretty sure he had his own gig going on. Like it Maybe wasn't so. being shared with the school. Maybe uh, so. Yeah. So they'd build greenhouses for all of his friends and flower <laughs> planters and all kinds of stuff. I'm pretty sure he was putting that in his pocket. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Coolman was always uh, on point. He, uh, I, I can remember. How, what nerve wracking! You've got children using tools. Yeah, bandsaws. It's gonna be table so nerve wracking. Yeah. Anyway, it was. Uh, that was probably my only experience. And then you know, those first six I made was sort of the apprentice. You know, I, I those first six boards were not great, and they were just me figuring it out. And then as it started, you know, to take shape, I did get better at it. But ultimately, you really need to be a pretty darn good woodworker to make something flat. To yeah, make no. a flat piece, surprising, isn't it? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be good at this, yeah. and you gotta pay attention. Um, it's real easy to cover a wall with uh, old boards <laughs> yeah. and, a, and a nail gun. Hey, 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 hey! hey. <laughs> What's going on over there? Actually, that was probably the easiest thing that we did for the studio. Um, I thought it was going to be more difficult. The, the stupid light behind you guys was the uh, most difficult thing that I think I had to deal with. It is a gorgeous but, light. Uh, it is a gorgeous light. I'm very actually just uh, wanted you know it, reiterate. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. This is a nice. Uh, little spot you guys got got brewing here yeah we're happy to have you yeah absolutely and so knockdown barns is you know created i've got these games that i'm sending out but i did get way behind the kickstarter fell way behind it's now so this is the stuff we want to hear about yeah we want to hear about the the where'd you go wrong you know what'd you do wrong i assumed that when the kickstarter would end i would receive more press i would receive more sales Mm -hmm. i would receive sort of this uh, residual effect that Kickstarter has. It was not the case. I was right there, then and there being tested. It was like, all right, the market is waiting to say whether or not this game is actually viable or, or fun or whatever. And I hadn't been able to get people those games on time. So all of a it sudden... It is fun, I will tell you that. Yes. Yeah. And all these folks were really upset with me. I got a lot of people online who were commenting very poorly on my social media, also on the Kickstarter. And it got to the point where I had to just... Sh- I shut down. I was like, look, I don't know what to tell you folks. I'm in... You know, I've got everything in storage and I'm injured. <laughs> I can't make your games for a while. I don't know when I'm going to. I'm so sorry. I'm going to make your games. <laughs> uh-huh. And it wasn't enough for a lot of people. And a lot of people demanded their money back. A lot of people actually um, complained about my business to higher authorities. I ended up having to go to court uh, a year oh, and a no half. After my, yeah, after my Kickstarter ended, I got uh, brought into court because the city of Chicago was notified about a business that was possibly not you know, adhering to business practices uh, that Chicago, rec- you know, uh, in enforces and so i was in a residential uh you know my apartment uh facility. Well, yeah, that's where you start a business that's, yeah and they they said i can't be manufacturing anything there and if i was they were going to find me 500 bucks a day for doing it and so they said when did you start manufacturing in your apartment and i'm like i never did <laughs> that didn't happen that's i don't a good know answer. yeah this is not what happened no i had things for my business in my apartment but by no means is this a manufacturing facility i'm talking about you know packaging games and things and so it all came down to the magic pen of the prosecutor. And she, you know, wiped out 
95% of the fine that they were going to levy against my business. But still, you know, it was close to $5,000 that, you know, I was like, that's, yeah, I don't have $5,000 to pay the city right now. They made you pay a $5,000 fine? She, no, she was like, fine. And she cut that in half. She's like, you got this magic pen that could have said zero and could have been like, I see what you're doing. I see what's going on wrong. I understand. But yet. They charged you $2,500? I had a $2,600 fine from the city of Chicago. And it could have been anything she wanted. Like, that's the thing about it is, you know. It was. It started at forty thousand plus because you know they were going to charge me five hundred bucks a day for quite a while, and uh, I'm glad I went to court. You know, I'm glad that that wasn't what was on my uh, my bill. You know, and so the city of Chicago was that was quite you know another huge mistake. You know, getting getting this Kickstarter so bad off that someone was able to complain to the city and get me in trouble with the city. That was ridiculous. So I really started, you know, my um, my communication got much better. Actually, before that, my communication got much better with my backers. And I told everybody the situation, look, I didn't charge enough for shipping for these games, for the international uh, backers. If you guys want your games and you want them now, I will ship them. But you've got to help me with the shipping payment because I got to the point where I had the games, but really no money to ship them. Honesty is absolutely the best policy. And so many people took me up on it. Yeah. So many people. I have now shipped out over 80% of the games that I owe, but there's still a lot of folks that have asked for refunds that I still owe refunds, mm-hmm. and I will get them back. I still have inventory. I, this, these thousand games that I bought, you know, I've got, I mean, to be honest, I've got 150 or less left, mm-hmm. but that's enough to cover the Kickstarter folks, and it's enough to actually make enough money, I think, to pay for most of the shipping for them. But it's not enough for me to make another run. So what's the next step for a startup, that's Josh? My, wait, what do, that what, was my question yeah, for you. My, what is your next step? Okay, so like, my what next are you step do? is probably... I have no help to you. What, here's what I'm thinking. What are you, you going to do? Well, a thousand game run didn't quite get funded enough with just a quarter of you know the games sold. I think I need to you know plan on selling enough games to make the run this time. I'm not going to try and say, all right. So can you do another Kickstarter? Sure. Sure, I certainly could. I- there have been several instances where people have either... They, they, they've, wound, they've wound up uh, taking you know what they had and then doing a second run, or they've improved upon the game and then made yes. a second run. And a lot of times the improvement kind of helps... Uh, you know, get people who bought the first time to come back around. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's been done a lot. I've, I've looked into Kickstarter a lot. I uh, had a failed Kickstarter myself. Um, not not so much in the sense that it was successful and then it failed. It right. was better off, I think, that it was not Un- successful. Unfunded. And then, it yeah, exactly. didn't get the funding. It was a kick in the balls right out of the gate. Exactly. It was not <laughs> a delayed... Well, I, we, we talked about this a second before. experience. Yeah. Here. Well, we talked about this, uh, you know, a little bit before. Um, part of dealing with Kickstarter, you know, I don't. I think you have to believe in what you're doing on Kickstarter. I mean, yeah. obvious. That's, I guess, an obvious thing. And uh, the situation was, we we started this podcast studio before, and some thieves came in, robbed it. At the time, I was in, uninsured. I've since fixed that very quickly. Um, but it kind of hit that point of, well, I guess we could try a Kickstarter. I always wanted to try a Kickstarter. I thought it would be fun. Uh, but I didn't really feel like... I'm not that guy that stands out on the street and asks people for money. Yeah. So I put it together trying to be funny. Try, it just... I don't know. It never felt like it was really me. It never felt like that was my Kickstarter. And so launched on the exact same day that another game launched with the oatmeal called exploding kittens and um, that was a huge kick in the balls because here i am sitting at a hundred dollars of my six thousand dollar goal on day one 
And they've gotten, what, about $2 million by that point and <laughs> continued they on. They won $2 million bucks? Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't $2 million. But they had at least at that point, I think they got 600000 on day one, somewhere around there. I mean, they just launched right out yeah. of the gate. Now, granted, the oatmeal has a huge following. It does. So it was, but it, you know, you're sitting there with a local Kickstarter and they've got a national one that just blows your pants off and you're like, wow, I really didn't prepare and what power does kickstarter have to just you know push things to the front page push things to the exactly to funding and that actually is what happened with me they they blogged about my project and i made ten thousand dollars in two hours that's fantastic with that's kickstarter awesome. it was insane i couldn't believe it i woke up one morning with a phone full of messages saying backer alert backer alert backer alert backer alert and i'm like what is going on there was no notification to me as the person who actually ran the you know Kickstarter uh, campaign that they were going to be mentioning me. They just did. They mentioned me in a uh, three-project blog post that went out on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, all of their social media, and it went absolutely bonkers. I said to my roommate Meredith at the time, "I don't think I'm going to have time to chill this champagne that I bought in case <laughs> you know we actually made funding." And I threw it in the freezer. It was 15 minutes before I had made that $5,000. And it was just the rest of that day, I was floating on a cloud. I couldn't, oh, I I couldn't believe it. And then that day ended. And that day <laughs> ended. And that day was the only day that that was, you know, highlighted, of course, you know, on a blog or anything like that. And when I tried to search out for my project, I had to search Board Games Chicago to even find it anymore. Because I had gotten my money. Yeah. They, they, I had reached my funding goal, and so it was very like it was no longer on you know Kickstarter's front pages. It was very, it, it was buried. To be honest, I, it was hard to find. I had friends contact me about not being able to find it on Kickstarter, and I was like, oh, I've got links. Here's the links. Here's the links. You know, sending it out. But really, they do have a lot of. They've got a ton of power. It's ridiculous. I mean, well, yeah, as they should. They're the they ones should. hosting it. But you, so would you have set your goal higher in hindsight? Well, in hindsight, I think I probably would have set my goal and then realistically purchased. Instead of going for a thousand game run, I had only sold 277. I should have gone for a much more realistic number, like 500. Mm -hmm. And instead of like trying to balloon so quickly, because my demand was right there. You know, that was my demand. Meet it, you know, meet that demand then have some good press, have some good attitudes coming from the games that people receive, and then go big. And that's next, right? Go uh, well, no, it's, huh? it's not. But I would say <laughs> no, uh, not I yet. would say that if it wasn't for your uh, lofty thinking, you mm -hmm. wouldn't have been in this, ex in this position in the first place. Very so don't, so. Don't, uh, don't fault yourself too much for, for, for thinking that way. Yeah, it was yeah. lofty. It, yeah. You know, it was lofty. Now you got to dial yeah. it back. But what what is next? What are you going to do next? Are you going to do another Kickstarter? Well, here's an example for you. So last year I got mentioned in a very, very awesome... Because I've lost a shitload of your marshmallows. You could probably <laughs> just make money more. reselling those. I can yeah. sell more of those for sure, and those yeah. only cost me pennies. You yeah. know, those are very cheap, and I can definitely make a margin on those. But uh, again, I need those to be branded, which is going to cost me a little bit more money next time I make these games if i got to brand all of those little you, marshmallows. You don't need those to be branded. I think, I don't know, if someone <laughs> finds one of those, they don't know what it is unless it's got knockdownbarns.com on it. And I guarantee you, people are going to be finding them. Yeah, <laughs> They'll find them everywhere, especially after this weekend here, <laughs> here at the biggest board game conference in the country. I mean, I'm going to be playing all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and until my fingers are sore. Steps, and then we'll talk about this weekend and what you're doing. Sure. That kind of is exciting for me, too. Because I 
have done just a shitload of trade shows, yeah. and this is your second trade show. It is. I think probably the first that really fits what you're doing. I think so. But so, what what do you think is your next step? Well, I think next step will be to fund another run of games. Um, funding another run of games is is asking for money, and I don't know if I should ask the masses again, Kickstarter, mm-hmm. or if I should try and get private, you know, folks. Either way, I do it. I got to get some money to make another run and this time make it a more realistic number. You know, whatever the demand that I can, you know, drum up from the hopefully goodwill I've, you know, I'm going to have from the folks that did get the game and and get another run of games made. And I'd like to make, I don't know, I don't know what my goal is really, but I'd like to make 10,000. If I could get the run to 10,000, that, you know, that would be awesome. Didn't we just learn that a thousand was too many? Well, that's because it was, you know, the stepping stone. And Mm -hmm. I would love it if the press, you know, that I get, just jumps that much. I, I haven't gotten any like real press, you know, like crazy press where I'm on. You I know, googled you. You got some stuff. I've going got on. some stuff. It's true, but I've never been on the Tonight Show. I've never been on, you no. know, <laughs> and and any of any of the morning news, radio, anything. He's you know? looking at you, going, "I've never been on CNN, CNN. ESPN. That's right. Bottoms up that's, is everywhere. Screw right. you, Josh. <laughs> so take me along with you. Take, let me just play in the background. <laughs> just." So the next TV spot I do, you can just be playing Knockdown Barnes in the background. Okay. Done. All right. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I plan on doing all of those things, though. And The Onion is what I was about to mention. So The Onion, the satirical newspaper, they have an AV club that does reviews of games. Uh, well, uh, gifts for the holidays. They mentioned Knockdown Barnes. They got Knockdown Barnes into their holiday gift guide, and I sold close to 400 games for that holiday season because of that one article. In the onion. So I know that if I get press, it's a roller coaster ride of just all of a sudden people saying, that looks awesome. Well, you can buy press, you know. I guess so, right? You so, can buy, you know, you can buy, you, you, so I don't know how many people know this, but it's funny that people don't. You can buy news articles to be written just like it's a news article. It's the most fantastic thing in the whole wide world. They write it, it looks just like a regular article that anybody would read. Sure. But, but yeah. you paid for it to be written. You paid for it to be written. It's and fantastic. the FTC hasn't really cracked down on that yet, which, <laughs> which you know, it's one of those kind of gray areas. I mean, me working in media for all those years, it's something that's been talked about a lot. The FTC kind of regulates that kind of thing. And the fact that blog posts and everything like that have shown up. Well, it's total bullshit. As sponsored without actually being, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Saying sponsored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's one of those that's on the radar, but I don't believe anything's happened with it. So. Be my guest. Go right ahead. Well, you got the chance. We uh, we got um, the Kathy Ireland show. Apparently, she's this great businesswoman now. I, I, I don't follow Kathy Ireland too closely. I did back in the day. She was my first, <laughs> she was my first uh, swimsuit girl poster I ever had. Oh, yeah, right next man. to my bed. I, I did bad, bad things to myself uh, while looking at that. But anyway... Um, get a call about from one of her guys and uh, you know of course i took the phone call because of that poster and he gives me this big long rundown about blah 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 she'd love to have you on the show we love your product all this stuff you know we're looking at drink dispensing stuff you're by far and away the coolest thing we've come across and i'm like yeah no totally we'll do it i'll do it i'll fly out whatever um and he's like okay well you know we're gonna have to talk about cost now i'm like cost i'm gonna buy a plane ticket that's what it's going to cost me. Yeah. And he's like, well, we got these packages. I mean, it's going to be about $20,000. I'm like, okay, well, I'm done. I'm done talking to you. Whoa. So the whole, the whole show, you have to buy your spot on the show, and it's, it's presented as they picked you, and you're on their 
we're, their goodwill. We're doing the show completely wrong then. Yeah, we're really... <laughs> Greg, we're going to Greg, we money. need money. <laughs> I was you. wondering when the other shoe was going to drop. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was... I was. <laughs> Josh bought your game. Now you got to buy time on this show. <laughs> it's all right. good. Uh, my stuff's out on the driveway right now. <laughs> See, and I, you know... I have Warren back at the house just waiting for a text message. <laughs> and when it comes to something like that, I'm, surp- I'm really surprised somebody hasn't exposed... It in, Tell now that that's yeah. what kind of happens on the Kathy well, Ireland show. Bullshit. I mean, was like total. You just wasted a half hour of my right, day. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. You never see Oprah doing that. She just gives shit away. Does she though? We don't yeah. know. Well, it's true. For twenty thousand, know? I mean, for for her to you're think in that Chicago, you're, Greg. Yeah. Does she? Yeah. Uh, well, she gave away cars that one time. I don't know if I think that Oprah. To be fair, I think Ford gave away the cars. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. To, yeah. That is fair. And I think that in Oprah's case, when. Uh, when she left Chicago, I, I don't know. I don't know if I trust her at all anymore. <laughs> oh, there's a big hole in your soul? A little bit. Oprah was like, you know, she was Chicago's girl. I mean, she was the queen of Chicago. And she, you know, took on OWN. She now owns it. And uh, <laughs> wow. I know. No, this was a big deal. Harpo's studio just closed. I mean, it's uh, it's a big, uh, big, massive, you know, building that used to be filled with all kinds of folks you know oh man and it's like detroit all of a sudden it is yeah. it is it's, oh, it's the oprah waste the wasteland since oprah left and i'd say that that's not true i think chicago's actually doing pretty darn well which is where i am right now in chicago that's yeah we my, can tell by the blackhawks sure you're not even supporting right. your own brand it's all right i don't actually don't mind uh, i'll support this brand this is actually a good buddy of mine agp for life a uh, good friend of mine makes. You're on your like box. sixth plug now. I I hate to do it. I hate to do it. Uh, but yeah, no, I've got I got friends. It's great to have friends. And I got to be honest with you, I I feel as though, and I hope it's okay. I've been telling people I'm staying with friends because you guys are awesome. Yeah, well, we're friends. It's good. Yeah, That's this good. man, this crazy man's living in my house right now. It's yeah, great. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> it Woke is up this morning, he's making a bagel. I was. They have yeah. good dogs there. Yeah. Great dogs. <laughs> I mean, these girls, they are they are protecting that house. Yeah, that's, yeah. They hated him when he got there. They love him now. Um, so, those are your next steps. We don't know how that's going to work out yet. I guess not. No, no. I and what are you doing now? Okay, I, tell I'm, me why I was I'm, excited in I'm the pri- first place to have you here because you were telling me about your plans and I'm like, that's some gorilla shit. Okay, so at this, like, this guy's not paying for a booth. That's right. He's not I'm, doing anything. I'm running an event though. I am part of the conference for real. I'm going to be in on Sunday. I'll be in there running a tournament for my board game and. There's people signed up, so I'm running a tournament. Mm -hmm. And beforehand, I'm hyping. I'm getting this tournament hyped up. And so today, this morning, I was rollerblading around Gen Con in a fencing mask with really bright, hot pink uh, pants on, just basically being seen and talking to anyone that wanted to say something to me and discussing anybody that is is dumb enough to listen to our advice on this show. This is the kind of spirit that will get you somewhere. <laughs> and I'm dead serious. And it's worked. I mean, I had Hot pink at one pants, point fencing mask and rollerblades. There were that like 15, 20 people watching us. Succeed. Yeah, we were we were we were doing well with it. And I will be there, you know, kind of trying to make enough people notice, you know, cuz if enough people notice and enough people are talking about something, that's what Take. That's what it takes, and, and it takes a lot this. to stand out in that goofball crowd. I it was really when I does. first moved here. It was this month, four years ago, and we, me and my roommate, were we 
would chase the girl downtown. She's like, <laughs> we're going downtown. I'm like, well, we're following that. Yeah. And uh, we ended up at a steak and shake downtown in line with a bunch of stormtroopers and you name it. It was in costume in line with me and Brandon and I were looking at each other like, what, what, what is going on here? Absolutely. It's just an absolute giant swarm of people. Yeah standing out so how do you stand out in a crowd of people standing out i, I think you really have i mean that's not a character of any no, sort that you're being. not at all it's your own thing it's my own thing and and folks don't really know what to make of it it's something that is kind of just out of the corner of my eye i just noticed something really strange really strange and the, that's fantastic and the folks that i talk to you know they they're amazed they're amazed that when i when i actually speak out of that mask that i i can actually you know the only thing stranger is if you put a suit on maybe yeah i do have some of my formal attire i do have some nice stuff uh, to wear actually on sunday for the tournament because I feel like it is kind of all business at that point, but uh, I still I, I may still wear the hot pink pants. You know I don't know I don't know what I'll wear. I gotta I gotta I'm work vote on hot my... pink pants if we're gonna put it to okay. a vote. I'll vote, Brad. I'll vote for the hot. Oh uh, yeah, pants. absolutely. I'll go for the hot pink. You pants. know you know actually I think you should go the route of what was it uh, Golden Casino from the Golden Palace or something. Remember there uh, several years ago uh, one of the casinos actually uh, would sponsor streakers. So what? at major events, like they would all of a sudden, some dude would be running bare ass naked across I like where a this golf is going. course. A real thing. I like this where this is thing. going. Uh, they'd be running across the golf course wearing or, or with uh, goldenpalace.com like uh, emblazoned on their back or, you know, somewhere where some the camera might catch it really That's quick. Great, I'm going to write a note right now. And bottoms up, streaking. Mental. I need some stencils. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I'll have to look it up. I'll have, to, but I believe it was goldenpalace.com and I believe it was. Uh, you know, they they've showed up at baseball games, golf events uh, for the PGA, and it was just funny to see these guys just take off and run. And yeah. they had the goldenpalace.com on the back. That's amazing. So did the Golden Palace cover all the legal fees? I'm pretty sure that was the whole. I mean, if you're the streaker, would you have signed that? I mean, Maybe he was just like, I got 500 bucks. Woo! I'm going to streak it. And then, of course, his legal like fees it. come back to 5,000, and, you know, yeah, and they knock it down to 2,600. And now you're a pedophile and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> well, I shouldn't discount what I am doing now, too. I met you through Uber, and Uber has sold me dozens of games. Yeah. Dozens. And so I really shouldn't discount what I am doing now, and that is spreading the word while getting paid to do it. Uber has been fantastic. I, I'm able to work. It's work. You know, I'm getting people where they need to be. But I do have these ads. I've got these ads now, in the back Uber, of my car. Does Uber have anything, uh, you know, against you peddling goods while no, you're peddling their goods? I don't think so. I think that there's been stories of jewelry makers before that they have, you know, put up saying, you know, look Brad, what... you need look, a refill? I'm on my third beer. I feel like a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop this halfway. Don't even dare. I think that's not allowed. With the, no, uh, Okay. Look at that. You can stop it whenever. Yeah. That's amazing. Anyway, you were saying Uber <laughs> will not fire you because... Ah, uh, well, I hope they won't fire me because I really enjoy working for them. <laughs> we've, we've covered... Yeah, you were stoned when you were driving I, the car. No, 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 not not at all. That's then, when that's when I got home. Oh, what, you got when, home. That's when we got back to my place. Oh, you're right. That's right. I turned the Standards. meter. I'm off. sorry, I misinterpreted yes. no, no, what no. was going on. No, no, no. Meter was off. Meter was off. Meter yeah. was off. No, that's that's go going home. Work. That's I, right. I, no, no, I misunderstood you. No, 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 I'm no, sorry, no, no, Uber. No, no, <laughs> that was that, my fault. That, the meter was off when I when I when I took them home. Congrats, Greg is now fired from Uber and has to pedal on the streets. That's okay. That's okay. I'll start Juber. Named after me. 
That's my first name, Josh Juber. <laughs> that could be taken a completely <laughs> wrong way. I don't know if G.I. Juber is a million dollar idea. The name idea, needs work. May, the name <laughs> needs work. Maybe Juber is not the best. <laughs> the best name. And Juber sounds like a, something a bully would call somebody. But it, it would... <laughs> 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 Anyhow, uh, the, 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 the games out of the back of the car. That's, that's kind of what I'm going to do next. I'm going to continue doing that. Rest of the summer, rest of the fall, and then when it comes Christmas time, guess what? That's when I need to be ready. I mean, it's a very seasonal business I'm in. Board games, it's when people are buying them is basically Christmas. It's basically yeah. the holidays. So I need to have the rest of my inventory prepared. And I work at a studio uh, downtown in Chicago at the Bridgeport Art Center. Another plug, hall door woodworking. He'll make you anything. Uh, and I share a studio space with him. And I've got it dialed, Josh. I can make these games. I can make, a, I don't know, like depending on what piece I'm making, I can make 150 games worth What's of that game piece. What's it cost you to make? Around twenty three dollars. Yeah, and you sell them for, for forty. For forty. Yeah. So raw material costs twenty three dollars. Oh, that's got some labor included as well. Raw material cost is less than that. Um, I have, you know, each game's materials is probably closer to about thirteen dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's about ten dollars of labor, but that's probably lowballing it. You know, to be honest, like I don't have a good sense of what the labor should have cost because I was experimenting, mm-hmm. I was figuring it out, and now I'm very good at it. And much, I'm, and well, honestly, see, so I know the, the thing bi- about your game that I love is that it's handcrafted. It is. That's it what is. I like about it. And I think I personally, my personal opinion is that you're undercharging for it because I would have paid you 120 dollars for that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know how the market is. If you find a price point where more people can buy it, it's it's better. I agree and disagree. Yeah. Um, because you'd make a lot more money and make less stuff. It's true. So you're doing less work. You're making more money. It's it's a fantastic thing. If I were to offer any sort of opinion, I would, uh, your game also has mass, really mass market potential, mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be barn wood in order to be fun to be played. No. So plastic injection molded blocks, the foam things, you've already found them. I mean, I know you want your name branded in them or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that's, but that's here nor there. Yeah. And then you need a cardboard board. Yeah, something that's going to be. a cardboard divider that you can fold out. And everything fits and we're talking neatly in a box. We're talking five dollars in parts, probably, yeah, with a twenty dollar price point. Yeah, with a little bit of assembly line, you know, putting it yeah. together, and uh, so I can the world I can, can help play. you find those people if you would like. Oh, I, the, I have them especially in my... the plastic injection because yeah. if the blocks themselves, because that's one of the biggest bottlenecks of this. I make fifty two blocks per game, fifty two right. blocks per game. You know, if uh, if I could get those costs down, holy cow! About twenty percent of our stuff is plastic injection molded. I have a, a guy that is also a good friend that has a plastic injection molding company and I will is I will it, look into that for you next it, week. Is there is there environmental concerns with plastic injection molding? Get out. Just get out. Just right get now. out. Just get yeah, out. No. Don't think about the environment. <laughs> yeah, no. It's fine. It's fine. People are gonna throw your game away, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably it's probably true. Too fun. It's probably true. Speaking of environment <laughs> you so you told me you we I mean we have a similar uh, maybe not similar. You um you started slinging fish? Yes, yes, this is true. Family business. Yeah. Yeah, my family owns Burhops Seafood, a small family seafood market, basically a butcher for seafood in Chicago. So we're fairly unique. We've got fish from both the West Coast and the East Coast and the Great Lakes. Yeah, because you're in the middle coast. Right. In, yeah, right in the middle. And so yeah. we've got fish from all over. You can come to Burhops and buy Lake Superior Whitefish, 
You can also buy a soft shell crab that's coming from Maryland at the Chesapeake Bay and at the same time get a piece of sockeye salmon that came from all the way in Alaska. And there's just not a lot of seafood places that do that because they're traditionally by one coast or the other and that's the fish that they're going to use. Chicago's a huge hub. I mean, we go to O'Hare International Ocean every day and pick up our fish. Oh shit. Yeah, and get get the uh Now are you still are you still involved in any way or are you I you built realize- them a website and I helped out with their social media presence when mm-hmm. I first got back from uh, rafting and all the while, you know, kind of trying to do this board game thing at the same time. And I actually did take over one of those stores. I took over uh, one of the it's a retail fish market and I was managing one of those stores for almost a year and a half but I've had to basically dedicate my time to the game I've decided that it's going to be well worth it and I was a bummer for my family to know that I wasn't going to be continuing on in the family how was that for your dad yeah it was definitely I don't want to be a fishmonger dad no I think that he understood but he definitely was he was he was concerned uh, to say the least that I was doing something that my dad would tell me I'm dumb and yeah, it's I, the stupidest I, decision ever. I don't know. I don't know if uh, I would say. I'd say that he he backed me probably fifty percent. I think he backed me about like a solid 50%, a solid fifty percent. You know, but forty nine. No, because he he knew that the business that we could be in, you know, as a family, could it also be one of my, you know, could be my choice. But um, you know, what do you do with your time? I have to. I had to make games. Yeah. I had to. I had to make games, and so. Making those games became a priority, especially because it was coming upon Christmas again, and I mm-hmm. knew that I needed to, you know, spend a lot of time in the shop. And I will probably still make these games. You heard it here. I don't know when you hear it, but you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, we don't I'm know going to make if these games. You know when games. Gen Con happened, and you're hearing this for the first time? That tells you how long right. it took me and Brad to get this thing to you. <laughs> Because we're when already a year behind. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's already on the shelf, and you already we know all about and, uh, it. Uh, now you know I was probably lines. also high. So, and you're no longer going to tell your kids about it because you heard about the actual backstory. But that's okay. Uh, no, Knockdown Barnes will be made by me, the inventor, which is weird. I go to this game that's conference. Not weird. There's no game inventors that are making their games. That put, is not the I case. I put cups and bags. You do put, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, you put cups and bags. Oh no, I am still having to do this. I'm still having to brand the blocks. I've got so many folks that I want to thank. You know, I've got helpers that have come and sit down and just brand blocks. I got a hot branding iron that's got the Knockdown Barnes logo, and I brand every single one of those blocks. And I'm talking about fifty-two thousand. When this runs over, that's fifty-two thousand times seven seconds. That somebody, and usually it's me, has to sit there with a hot branding iron in their hand and brand those blocks. We're not going to be doing that anymore next time. (laughs) That is such a bottleneck. It's got to be faster. And I know that, to be honest, I know you could help with that (laughs) because I was just at your facility today and I was blown away. I mean, did he he take you through the amount of failures that led to... Absolutely. Where he's at right now. Yeah, absolutely. Warren we, gave him the tour. Yeah, right? Warren was, Warren was there. Finished like a come. Told me all about it. Around here, <laughs> showed me. The, you know, and and machining is something that I am just. I think the game is destined for. I know that it needs it. You know, so that I am able to play. I want to play more. I don't want to make. I want to play. You're playing now. I am. I'm having a great time. That's too. part of the whole thing. You're playing now. I, I mean, am. How the, 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 I mean, I can't stress that enough to anybody listening to this is that what you're doing is the fun. So mm. if you're doing this to try to get to the fun, get the fuck over it. That's right. This is the fun right now. This is fun. And you better, <laughs> if, if you don't have that attitude, it's not going to work out. And I would have stopped had I gotten the feedback that, you know what, this game, it's not fun. 
If I had been getting that feedback at <laughs> this know, point, it's fun. It's I would fun be. Game. I would have. You know. To be honest, the only thing I don't like about it is those marshmallows are fucking. You lose them. You do the lose couch. them. You do lose Your them. Your dog eats them. I mean, it's true. That's just a reoccurring revenue stream. Isn't because, it great? Yeah, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> so you basically, what he's saying is, yeah, you you need that on your website. Like pronto, yeah, buy extra marshmallow because yeah. everybody else has gone to using actual marshmallows now to try to flick. <laughs> I bet and you could use actual marshmallows. It's been done. It has been done. Uh, wine corks was the uh, was wine the be too hard. They are. You don't want to flick them more than a couple of times. And I've noticed a few games actually at Gen Con this year that are flicking oriented games, but it, they just they're not using soft things. Any of them, the bean? No, this that one. Was a joke. No, that was a joke. the bean, the flick, the bean. Yeah. <laughs> That actually probably would be a pretty fun game. That'd be a fun game. And I've got a new game. I just as uh, a you know. By the way, I invented another game recently, and I haven't talked about it publicly. I talked to Josh you about, told it. Me about it. In the basement. I did, but I'm excited about it, and I think it's going to. So work. one of the rules of a startup is stay focused. Stay on focused your on product. on your product. I know, but I am yes. a game company, and I do have other ones in the Write works. It in a notepad. Forget about it. That's stay right. Focus on. Stay focused. Barns. And I will. It involves a lazy Susan. It does. You spin things. You spin things. things. Yeah, you gotta you gotta use a lazy Susan, and uh, there's other players that are also using. You build a prototype. And you lazy come down Susan. And we'll play. No, absolutely, so, absolutely. And there's a bottom up beer actually uh, tap in the middle. <laughs> in the middle of it. In the middle of it. <laughs> so a couple of things I like to cover on the show are everybody. I mean, we're all doing this, and I just went on a fucking rant about <sighs> this is this is the ride, so enjoy it. But yeah. we all have that in our minds because when I first invented bottoms up. Only thing in my mind was, I'm going to be a goddamn billionaire. Absolutely. Here it is, eight years later, I live in a basement, I eat top ramen, I have a roommate. You know, <laughs> furthest thing from a billionaire on the planet. And uh, But we still dream of that day where we're going to cash out whatever that is, whatever means that is. What are you going to do then? You're going to go back to rafting? You're going to manage at one of your dad's fish stores? I am... What are you gonna do? I am going to I'm going to go to rivers, yeah. I'm gonna to go to different rivers. I will. I what are you gonna buy? What's the first thing you're gonna buy for yourself? I'd probably a vessel, I suppose. A, a vessel would be nice. Something that I could raft in, something that I could uh, take friends in. Because rafting is what I like doing. I'm not a big kayaker. Even though I like kayaking, uh-huh. it's it's not as much fun as having a community of people, you know, a family of people in your boat with you. And uh, I really enjoy swimming. I'm a good swimmer. And when you're, you know, kind of in a kayak, you feel so you a little bit more So you get a $10 million dollar check and you're going to buy a raft. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a raft. I'm right. going to get okay, a raft. That's... And it'll be a five-hole gang raft. So everybody in the five-hole <laughs> gang, we can use it. It's going to be the nicest goddamn What he didn't say was the raft is going to have a bottoms-up beer dispenser in the middle. <laughs> That'll have that as well. A gold-plated bottoms-up That'll have that as well. Well, tell you what. Not only a raft. I probably will have... You're going to buy the river? I'll probably have a couple. <laughs> I'll probably get a couple rafts because it's nice to be able to run a trip. Running a trip, what these rafting companies that I worked for did, you know, they got the equipment to do it and a permit, of course. I don't know whether or not I'd, I'd want to do that route, you know, like actually try and go after a river permit, but it would be kind of interesting. It would be another step. In, well, you've already got the experience. I do. Yeah. yeah, and my friends that, you know, eventually did that exact thing where they were raft guides and then decided, you know what I want to do? I think I'm going to, you know, go into rafting as a as a profession. That's what they had to do to make enough money. What a strange sentence. You know, yeah. <laughs> to to actually become a raft guide professionally is to actually own a permit and make some actual money. But because uh, rafting doesn't make you a ton. Tip your guides. Where's, yeah, you which which guides. camera? Yeah. Tip your guides. Tip your guides. <laughs> Just look at all of them. And say it three times. <laughs> Maybe you can go over to Brad's. <laughs> I know. Yeah, just go over to Brad's camera. Tip your guides. So another thing. I 
I read and I read and I read and I read and I read, but I only read for business. Okay. Right? So, if you were to recommend a book that hmm. has helped you with business. Okay. Do you have any? A book that I have read that would help me with business. Well, I'm more of a fantasy reader. I've read mostly. It could be fantasy. Fantasy books. I, I mean, mean the, I've been watching Game of Thrones. I've gotten yeah. some great business ideas from it. Um, uh, Tolkien. That's, that's true. I'm a, I'm a huge Tolkien head. Uh, the Lord of the Rings books. My mom will attest. I had these three uh, soft cover Lord of the Rings books that were just like the bindings broken on them. I mean, just tattered. And I read and read and read those books. I loved those books. I thought that that was just the cat's pajamas. You know, I was just, I was in that world with Frodo and, you know. I would have went bee's knees, but cat's pajamas works. Cat's pajamas, man. And it was the book that kind of told, taught me that it was fun to read. So those books, more than anything, I'd say were influential on me. As for reading now, I can't tell you the last book I read because I've been so busy. I mean, I am. Have you read any business books? Uh, I started The Tipping Point. I started reading The Tipping yep. Point, and uh, I'm trying to remember. Do you know the author of The Tipping Point? I don't remember because I, I don't either right now. I also started reading. I, I started reading that <laughs> book, and I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I, I get it's the hard premise, for me like, to do. It, it's like there's a point, and then it tips. Yeah, yeah. and and I want I want that. I want I want that tip. I want, want to tip to over the into the uh, down the yeah. downhill, you know, <laughs> side of things. But right now, you have a ways to go. I, can I got tell a ways to go. How long have you been at this? How long have you been doing this? We didn't cover that. Three years. Three years. Three years. But that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that at the start of the Kickstarter. I've been doing it for six because when we invented, I sat there with these people and we talked about dominoes. It must have been for two hours just talking about dominoes falling. We did that. We sat there. That was the research for this game was just sitting there with, with dominoes and talking about it. And if I could get back, man, that day, that just that creativity that was like so alive in that room that day. It was bonkers. It was totally bonkers. And my friends that got to play that that silly game that I invented that summer, Knockdown Bones, will all tell you they had a blast playing it. And that's the reason that I'm here today. That's the reason I've still stuck with it is because of the enthusiasm of just even from the get-go of Boy, everyone man, who plays. Game. It's fun to play. It's yeah. fun to build stuff. It's fun to knock stuff down. Both yeah. things are fun. I, I, would, I would completely <laughs> agree. It is fun to destroy things. And on that note, I think we could probably wrap it up. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. And I yeah. got to say, I am really happy that I did this. This yeah. was good. I was a little nervous. I don't know why, but I'm glad that I did it. Yeah. Cheers. That's what the beer's for. That is what the beer's, what the for. beer's for. Half a beer. You drink salut, beer. salut. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've, we've launched. Now what do we do? Now we land. Welcome to Launchpad, where we're going to talk about Tank Top Friday. <laughs> what? It's just a fucking. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>